It's time for another episode about Doogie All-Stars with your host, Tecmo Super Bowl, Nixon the Grouch, and 2-4 Offsuit. Welcome, everybody, to episode 24 of Badoogie All-Stars. This is Tecmo Super Bowl. This is Dixon the Grouch. And this is 2-4 Offsuit. Did you say Dixon the Grouch? Yes. <laughs> no, I don't think so, did I? <laughs> I don't know. It sounded like it. I think uh, we've got Matt Stout as our guest uh, coming up, uh, Lock Poker Pro. Um, and we'll be getting to that mm, later. Uh, and for now, Jordan has a lot of stuff going on. I don't have anything going on, and Bryce, you have like one thing going on. So I don't know who's going to start. All right, let's let's move on to the interview with Matt Stout. <laughs> oh, are we going to talk about those things? Yeah. So Jordan, what's what's up? Um. So with my dog, uh, my girlfriend traded him out for an even rattier dog, which is <laughs> I did not think it was possible, but. Was Just it kidding. Be- it's- was it because of your dog's like ball situation? No. Uh, what happened is, is that she actually just took him to get groomed and ended up shaving all of them. So he's pretty much all like a he- wet rat. Except for uh, left the, the hair on the head a little bit big. So it's actually the same dog still. So same ball situation. Did she keep the hair on the head so you would recognize it? Because apparently this is a problem. Yeah, it's it's looks like a different dog. I, I'll put some pictures up finally, um, but yeah, it looks like a different dog. Did they give him the Brazilian? Um, <laughs> that's a different ball situation. <laughs> yes, is that, yes, I think so. I don't think so. I don't, I don't think they did. I don't think they waxed your dog. First of all, <laughs> his underbelly is very hairless right now, so so possible. Every time that someone you know gets a haircut, do you go, oh my god, who are you? What happened to the person I used to know? Is this like a, no, a, a no. thing across life? No. But, I what mean, if, with the hair is most of him. Like, the, the type of dog that he is, like, most of him was hair. So if someone got cancer and had chemo, you wouldn't go, oh my god, what are you? No, it'd be like if they lost somebody, all their hair. somebody that you knew lost all their skin. And then you'd be like, <laughs> wait, who is that? <laughs> I wouldn't be like, wait, who is that? I'd be like, ah! Even if, even if their head was the same, because they still have the skin on their head, I would No, know. just most of, the, most of the skin on the head is gone. And then I would say, what happened to you? Not, who are you and why do you look slightly like someone I know that has skin? <laughs> let me well, feel, how, let me feel you your junk. Yeah, same person. <laughs> I don't feel his junk. I just look at it and make sure that's okay. You got to make sure he's he's a little puppy. If he can't take care of his own junk, <laughs> anyways. Um, Tom, do you check the junk on all the dogs that you foster? Uh, I let the, the the rescue do that, and then they just give them to me, junk certified. <laughs> yeah, it's because you're like a halfway house for dogs. Is there a certificate that comes with that? <laughs> yeah, um, I don't have it though. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I feel like that's breaking some laws of some kind. Which part? Fake. The not having the certificate. Yeah. Do you think that's where Junkyard Dog came from? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> there was just a uh, yard full of junk and a dog lived there. That That's landfill. There you go. 
Um, in other news, I went to a wedding last weekend uh, in Washington, D.C., which was awesome. And it was the first wedding that I've ever been in, and I ended up uh, having a really, really good time. And I think that I drank too much uh, because I took a five-hour energy with it, and that's just bad news. <laughs> wait, wait. You were in D.C. and you didn't let me know? Well... Yes, that's basically <laughs> what happened. I I was there for like, I don't know, my whole flight got messed up. I was supposed to be there for two and a half days. I was there for like one and a half days. And I was just like, do the wedding, get out. I missed the rehearsal dinner and then flew out the next day. Kind how did you know mess. how to eat during the wedding if you didn't practice? Um, Is that not what rehearsal dinners are for? <laughs> I actually didn't get to eat during the wedding because I was too busy dancing and they took my plate away, which is the fault of the five-hour energy and the alcohol. So I think you're supposed to eat during the wedding. No, don't think the actual wedding. <laughs> you're thinking of the reception. Yes, yes. I was in the wedding. Did you have? I don't like being in, in weddings. It's Why not? just a lot of hassle. Did you have a speaking part? No, I did not. That's easy. Just yeah, you're an extra awesome. in the wedding. My uh, my big thing was it was up on the stage and it was pretty close quarters and i was right near the edge and i was a little tipsy so my goal was to not fall off <laughs> yeah see the, the secret is you're not supposed to drink that much before the ceremony because well i didn't have a choice in the matter how did you didn't you... have a choice Something it was tells me that's not right it was the uh well i had a choice but it was just kind of like a long like, i didn't have a choice breakfast so. get some beers and then see, that that's the part where you had the choice okay. <laughs> I, we found your leak. If I had a telestrator, I would circle this. <laughs> had some breakfast. That's good. Had some beers. That's where the drinking started. Well, the drinking started before breakfast. <laughs> Let's be honest. Um, Fair enough. No, but it was it was really good, and I didn't fall off the podium. And... <laughs> That's the sign of a good wedding. I mean, I think so, yeah. So it was a lot of fun. Um, the thing that I was most disappointed about by missing the reception dinner is that they had crisp and juicy sauce there, which that's my favorite rap group. <laughs> <laughs> it's this like Peruvian chicken chain near DC. Um, it, Tom, you should go and get some of this. The chicken itself is okay, but they have this sauce. It's kind of just like a, a little. They give you like a little side of sauce. But we just go there and get tubs of sauce because it's so good and it goes well on anything and everything. Everything? So, everything. Even dog junk? <laughs> that wasn't where I was going. <laughs> now, um, can you bring your own chicken in? What the what? hell? <laughs> what about Stouffer's chicken? <laughs> it's a restaurant. You can't just bring food in. So you can get the sauce to go. You can't. Okay, so what, which sauce do I need to get? They have they have three sauces. Uh, there's chimichurri sauce, which is I'm sure good, but not not that great. Um, they have a yellow sauce, which I think that one might be the hot one, um, and that's not as good. And what you want is the pinkish orange sauce. Is that the name? I if. I don't know what it is. It's just known. I just know it as sauce because it's so good. It's like spicy, but a little bit creamy and a little bit sweet, and it it's just amazing. So. And the place is called Crisp and Juicy. Yeah, and they're in Maryland and Virginia, and that's it. 
So you should go to one and get like two tubs of sauce for yourself. So did you go to one? No, I missed it. That they had it at. But you the were room. there. Why didn't you go to one? I didn't have a car. Well, you know what you could have done? Told Tom you were there, had him pick you up, and you guys could have gone together. That's oh. true, and I could have experienced it. Now I'm probably not going to go. Yeah, that's probably that's, true. Do, do they have I cake? Of my waist. No, they yeah, don't. I'm not looking at their menu right now for their desserts. What? I'm not seeing any desserts. Yeah, it's chicken. <laughs> Is it like a sit-down place or like a fast food place? It's like a like a come up to the counter and take it to go place. So why couldn't you bring food in then? Like it doesn't even sound like they would care if you just walked oh, in carrying they, chicken. They would care. They're not nice. They're, they're very particular about like they'll they'll give you a, a look down if you just order the sauce because they think that people are trying to steal the recipe. Which I did try and steal the recipe, but it's, you can't make it. It's tough. So you realize there's like a very fine line between Tom's plan of bringing his own chicken and you who just buys the sauce and takes it home to your own chicken. Like, neither one seemed to go over very well. No, well... You went in and ordered only sauce. They have to think, wow, what a cheapskate. We'd rather sell you the chicken, too. What a jerk. And, well, and, I, I, I heard, and I they chicken. hate you. <laughs> I don't understand why you can't just buy some there. chicken when you're there. He doesn't like the chicken. He just wants to drink the sauce. You can put the sauce on the chicken. That's good. You can on put the, the sauce well, on you didn't I, buy I, I chicken. I assumed that was the idea. You can put the sauce on anything. Is the chicken crisp burgers? and juicy? Yes. What about burgers? Absolutely. I what love right? a sauce burger. What about cake? Absolutely. That, that sounds horrible. That. <laughs> that sounds horrible. What kind of when cake? When are you coming back to D.C.? Um, it's a secret. Probably, probably never. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, we, my girlfriend, really liked it out there, and we have some, because it's it's like green and there's trees. It's not everywhere. green. What are you yeah. talking about? Yeah, you live in Baltimore. <laughs> this is Washington D.C. Yeah, Baltimore is red from all the blood, <laughs> and brown and gray and sad and depressing. At least that's what I learned from the wire. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. Yeah, no, this is D.C., it's all green, there's rivers, and it's wet and damp, and she really liked it, so... <laughs> yeah, unlike Colorado, there's a lot of nature in D.C. Yeah, well, exactly. Don't you Who live... goes from don't, Denver don't, to D.C. and says, man, it's so environmentally friendly and nice out here? I didn't say environmentally friendly, I just said that it's really green, because it's, it's really wet there, it's really dry here, so... You guys just have trees like everywhere. Here in Denver, there's it's all flat until you get up into the mountains, and then you have pine trees. If you think there are trees in D.C., you need to go to Tennessee. If you think I've there are trees in D.C., you need to go anywhere with trees. <laughs> not my favorite thing about New York City the is city. the parks. It's just so green. <laughs> <laughs> not right in the city, just on the outskirts. So you said your girlfriend liked it. Yeah. Are you and moving there? Do you want to come back or? Uh, we have some friends out there, so we might come back do, sometime. Do you? You know somebody in D.C.? Really? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to you, brag, were there, but... <laughs> you were there for a wedding. I assumed you know somebody. Well, the, At the, least two people. The bride and groom live in Minnesota, actually. Oh, I, they probably, say, I think it's a, oh, a destination wedding. So they picked D.C. because it was so much greener than Minnesota. And that's where their parents live. In Minnesota? No, in D.C. Are their parents green? No. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways. Uh, have you been to Minnesota? Minnesota is much greener and closer. And the people are yeah, much, the people are nicer. 
Well, they're the same people in this case. <laughs> I meant the other people. <laughs> the people of Minnesota in general are very nice people. I agree. Very I went pa- to Minnesota once to watch a, a Lakers Timberwolves playoff game in the home. And of the actual why lakes. Do you like Lakers again? Just because of Kobe. Because they're so blue. Wow, lakes. Um, and I was rocking my Kobe jersey, and That's, for whatever reason, us listeners left and right here. For whatever reason, I uh, they didn't I, I didn't find them that friendly. But they were like, "Oh no, you don't." <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, you watch yourself their, there. Their version of not friendly was different than the version of Baltimore not friendly. I am not giving you any baked goods. <laughs> <laughs> okay, only two. Yeah, uh, awesome. So but the aside greatest, from the greatest thing ever is watching a Minnesotan and a Canadian argue. It's the most polite argument ever. Where are you watching this? I, when I when I was in Peru with Rachel, she got in an argument with one of the, with the Canadian lady, and it was like, "Oh, I didn't realize that you didn't know that." Oh well, I didn't realize you didn't do this, and it was the happiest argument I've heard. And they were so mad. It was great. <laughs> it's really good. Highlight of my trip. Awesome. Nice. Anyway, you were in Peru like, like five years ago. Did you get any sauce? <laughs> they didn't have it. <laughs> I don't. Have... I don't know how to say crisp and juicy in Spanish, so I don't know. Well, it's Peruvian chicken, so they they probably just have their own Peruvian sauce. If I just say... probably just pollo. No, that's chicken. That's not sauce. <laughs> I don't want the chicken. I want the sauce, and I'll get my own chicken elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Um, Tom, you been up to anything else? Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Just thinking about how uh, he's going to get this crisp and juicy sauce. Well, if you aren't doing anything, go get the sauce already. Yeah, that's yeah well, that's why if we could just hurry up and finish this, I'd be on my way. Problem, right, then. Problem solved. All right, we'll be back next week with another episode of Badoogie All-Stars. <laughs> oh, you're um, not. Bryce, anything you're... going on with you? Um, not a lot. I was in a beluga whale video on Deuces Cracked. He's really mean. That's what I learned. <laughs> It was it's not a, really mean. He's, it's like the Canadian. He's really nice, he's, but he just poses hard questions. Canadian, Canadians don't pose hard questions. Like, but anyway, you know, it's yeah. It was a game show format where he asked impossible questions, and then when you thought you knew the answer, he talked you out of it, and then laughed <laughs> when you got it wrong. <laughs> yep. I'll definitely have to watch this. Nah, it's not worth what's watching. The, I would just skip it. What's, what's the series called? It's called uh, Beluga Whale is a Jerk the series <laughs> it's called the beluga whale show yeah that, oh that's oh, okay. right that's i i had a different name for it in my head <laughs> no it's, it's a really good series actually it's uh i mean it's looking at a specific hand what can you learn about people based on this one hand sort of extrapolating but it's a little it's a little intense when he's just going come on you got to answer it now you got to answer it now <laughs> makes me makes me realize that jeopardy is probably harder with alex trebek there did, did you also do it live with him and, and have him with his finger next to you going, I'm not touching you? Yes. <laughs> That's, That's a really good guess. How'd you know that? Yep. <laughs> How did you know that? And it's No Limit Hold'em? Yes. Okay. Nope. Yep. I think maybe maybe not. Maybe that was the problem. <laughs> oh, yeah. What are my other two cards? Come on. I know this, is, You're a, like, this oh, is a yellow hand. I'll draw here. Yeah. I'll, I'll hold the seven draw but no it's a good series i know uh our good friend the stapler jamie staples is doing one soon so 
we can see how he did. Cool. Are there, is there going to be a winner at the end? I mean, I hope not. I mean, I I don't know. I asked if there was a loser's bracket, so I'm not really in contention, <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> um, there, I think there. it's not really fair if there would be a winner, because he gave easy questions in the first episode, and then it got harder, because that guy did so well. That's the, <laughs> that's the story I'm going with, because I was in the second episode. Thanks. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm not making excuses, though. I'm just explaining it. So you guys understand. Oh yeah, for sure. Cool, cool. Um, well, with that, I think we should probably throw it to TJ and hug this rail. Let's hug it. I agree. All right, we're back with TJ for another exciting episode or segment of Hugging the Rails. Not really episode, is it? It's part of an episode. It is, but it made you sound like a freestanding thing, and thats I don't want your ego to get any larger. I already had that problem with Jordan. Now he's here all the time. Well, I didn't want to tell you guys, but I was planning a spinoff. Just Hugging the Rails podcast, so it will be an episode soon. With a new special segment, Mitch's Half Hour. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, what what poker room will we will we be discussing today? I've been playing the the Orleans poker room lately, so we'll be talking about the Orleans. Where is that? The Orleans is it's a bit off the strip. If I, I think it's on Tropicana. Um, if you're familiar with how far the Rio is from the strip, maybe uh, twice as far in the same direction, just different streets. I don't know, maybe a mile and a half, two miles off the strip. Cool. I I know less where it is than when you started describing it. Now I'm like turned around, going the other way. So it's like downtown. No, no, no the other not way. At all. Just <laughs> you are turned around. <laughs> I, I was kidding. I'm, anyway, so the first question we have to ask, of course, is how is the coffee? Since we keep asking that, was it good? I've I I've been drinking green tea. How is the green tea? The green tea is good. How does it compare to the green tea at the Mirage? Better. It's actually the same brand my girlfriend brings home. I like it. Does she bring it home from New Orleans? No. Because that would make sense. She she goes to the Orleans (laughs) and steals green tea packets. Babe, look what I got. Oh, I was thinking she brought it home like in a styrofoam cup and you just drank it. No, she buys green tea. Nice, nice. Okay, and uh, let's talk about the poker room itself. Uh, big, small, comfy chairs. It's a pretty large. Uh, it's a pretty large poker room. I think about thirty-five tables. Um, comfy chairs, adjustable seats, not very, very padded. Um, they. Uh, it's actually a really big uh, limit poker room. They run. They regularly run uh, three limit hold'em games and two um, Omaha high-low games. Uh, high stakes or just like no they have a, they have a two four four eight and eight sixteen hold them and a four eight and an eight sixteen uh omaha high low and then they uh I, I believe on the weekends they have a seven card stud game and a regular and a plo oh wow um and then they're uh they run one one two no limit 
with an occasional 2-5 game. Okay. Um, but it's really, really uh, uh, mostly a limit casino, which is obviously pretty rare these days to be mainly limit. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's why you play there, because you don't play limit? <laughs> yeah. No, actually, um, I play the Orleans because the buy-in for the 1-2 is a $500 max, which is really nice. And uh, obviously, deeper the stacks, the better. Um, and even even if you only get two or three people that buy in for four or 500 the money gets spread around pretty quickly, so you get to some, some deep stack spots, which is nice. Nice. That seems uh, seems like a very profitable situation to put yourself into. Another another thing I like about it is they their rake structure. They do have a jackpot drop, but it's uh, their their rake is a three plus one, so ten percent up to three dollars. So the the big casinos that are doing no jackpot drop, they're ten percent up to four dollars. All the other casinos, as far as I know are the same 10% up to $4 plus one. Uh, the Orleans is three plus one. So in a way, if you're comparing it to the big rooms, the jackpot's kind of a free roll. Nice. That's always good. Have you hit any of the jackpots? I was. I got a, t- a room share last week. Um, so they have, they do, Did I don't you? know, percentage breakdown, but the jackpot was 125000 So everyone in the room got, it was, 230 bucks about oh wow and you guys all had to share a room together <laughs> <laughs> yeah if, if you hit jackpot everyone goes into one hotel room and they hand out your money nice hotel party i like that party. <laughs> dibs on the bed <laughs> in the orleans with the orleans poker players i think i'll pass on the bed <laughs> Nice. Um, so what do you think is, uh, I mean, aside from the obvious uh, nice deep stack situation, what do you like about the room itself? What do you think is the best thing? I mean, I, I really go there for, for the $500, the, that, that deep buy-in. Um, it, it's a real, it's, I mean, compared to the strip, it's, I've talked about before, some of the spots are really local friendly. The Orleans is almost all locals, especially during the week when I'm playing a lot. Um, there's not, I mean, you know, most, most tourists are trying to stay on the strip, so it's tons of locals, a lot of, uh, a lot of older guys, which is always nice. Older guys with deep stacks is fun. Does nice. it tend to be a tighter game because of that? Um, or, or do they not care? Yeah, no, it's 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 a pretty tight game. Um, there, There's, once in a while, like this week, Every time I played three sessions this week, and all three sessions, which I feel like it's pretty common, you'll get like a a pretty like gambly like uh, like twenties Asian kid in there. Um, it's it's really uh, I mean if if you could say it's it's pretty uh, Asian heavy in there. So you, you'll get some younger gambly kids in there that are uh, with some pretty deep pockets. So they spread their money around a bit. And then uh, a lot of old guys just pretty much playing jackpot poker, if you if you will. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, I have two fifths for royal flush. I'm going to play. Yeah, basically. Yep. Yep. Um, because of the deeper stacks, do you get a lot of short stackers in there because of the higher max buy-in? Um, well, it's it's a minimum 100. I mean, there th- there'll be a couple guys that that are buying in for 
you know, that'll come in for the men. But usually it's, um, usually I would say people are buying in for about, I'd say three is probably the, the pretty average buy-in. And then, like I said, you'll get two or three guys that'll buy in for five and, uh, it'll, it'll spread the money around. That sounds wonderful. Yeah. yeah it's, I mean, it's interesting because I'll see, see some, you know, 20 year old kids come in and buying for 500 and I'm kind of, you know, I am and thinking that, that they might be, you know, decent players and they usually turn out not to be very good. There we go. Um, what is the thing that you dislike the most about the Orleans? Um, it's, it's, uh, not, it's not the cleanest, cleanest place to be. I mean, it's kind of the Orleans, it's a little, it's a little more run down, a little doesn't, it's not as pleasant smelling, <laughs> but it's, it's an, it's, it's a good place to play poker. I'd say Does it smell like a bowling alley? <laughs> there is a bowling alley. I don't know what it smells like in there, though. <laughs> can you compare? Can you go just give it a sniff next time you're there and see bowling alley versus poker room? If there's any commonality, I'll, I'll check it out. All right, thanks. I'll put it on my to do list. And the uh, another thing that's really nice, they have a huge self park, and they have one parking lot where it's it's feet from the poker room i mean it's right there you walk in and you're in the poker room it's great so, so you don't have to walk like through the slot through. machines you don't have to walk through anything go walk in and you're in the poker room it's awesome nice okay cool um anything else to add about the orleans tecmo will ask how are the cocktail waitresses they're younger than most but there's still not much not much to offer that's surprising, considering that it's like a locals. Yeah, yeah. Older. I was, I was thinking that too. It's funny. I was, I was actually thinking that while I was there. I was thinking about the podcast, and it's like, whoa, they're going to think this is weird that they're a little bit younger here. And then you, so you investigated, and what did you find out? I, I, I didn't investigate. I now you bring, are. Now you're thinking like. Now you're I thinking. Can't like bring podcast. myself to ask. I can't do it. <laughs> huh, I had a thought. Yeah, I won't follow that. That's basically our motto. That's our business model. It is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Can you ask around other people? Like, maybe you should have plotted on a graph. Maybe that would help. Just like, can there be a chart associated with this? Are we going bar chart, or how do you want to do this? Uh, whatever you want to do. Okay. I mean, you're the... I'll, I'll figure out a. I'll figure out a uh, an age chart for poker room waitresses. I'm thinking we should chart age versus of waitress versus regular. See if we can form some conclusions. Regular person or regular? <laughs> like the regulars in the room. Like the guys that are there playing poker compared oh. to the waitresses. See if there's like some sort of something. Well, okay. I think this could be, yeah, I mean this could be a PhD for somebody. <laughs> Perfect. Have you, have you played any interesting hands? Um, I, I had a pretty, pretty interesting deep stack hand that, uh, a situation that, that's pretty hard to get into at most one, two tables, uh, just cause of the shallow stacks, um, earlier this week, um, s- sick brag, uh, do you, do you just kind of want to tell, tell, tell the end result before we get going? It was, it was a quick, uh, little check raise bluff on the river. Well, spoiler alert! Dog. Spoiler alert! But uh, we can. What's going to happen on the turn? <laughs> <laughs> so somebody called, or it checked through. 
<laughs> or someone bet and then raised and then stopped putting money in. I don't, you, you took all the good options. Uh, the dealer burned a river and nobody noticed. Yeah, that's it. That's that's what's you, left. Okay, well, tell us what actually happened. Okay, so um, we were. Uh, I was on the. Let me let me see if I remember correctly. I should have written this down. Um, Just make it up. That's what we do. I was about. I, I, we wing that coffee question every time. Yeah, <laughs> every time. <laughs> We never planned that. Um, okay, I was in the. I was Orleans. in the cutoff. I was in the cutoff. Um, one limper to me, and I bump it up to um, I think about twelve king queen off, and got in the button calls. Um, guy had kind of been. He'd been. We've played a few pots together. He was pretty deep. I think I was about um, eight hundred deep. He was about. Five or six hundred deep, um, he'd been he'd been fighting. He he he's seen a lot of flops and he he didn't give up on too many flops. He'd usually see a turn and we had gotten involved with each other a fair amount and he had kind of seen that I've been r- running over the table a bit. Um, so he called on the button. Everyone else folded. We're heads up to the flop. Uh, flop comes. Ten four three with two diamonds, and uh, the ten with the ten of diamonds. Um, I have king queen off with no diamonds. I bet about half pot, so about fifteen into thirty. He calls. Turn is an offsuit nine, give me a gutter and two overs, and I make it about. There's about sixteen in the pot. I make it about. 40, 40, I bet 40 into 60, and he calls. River comes an offsuit three. Diamonds break out, and I start thinking about what my best play is. Now, I thought about firing a third barrel, um, but I think he's looking me up with top pair, and he's he's folding, most likely folding out all his flush draws. So the really the only better hand I'm getting a fold is maybe the nut flush draw. And I also thought if I check, he'll check back his top pairs, top pairs hands, his tens, you know, whatever ten he might have. Uh, I doubt he would play jacks this way. And I couldn't really see him going that far with, you know, like a seven or eights type hand. Um, so I figure... Whether I better check, I'm probably losing a top pair. But I thought he might bet all of his uh, flush draws, uh, trying to trying to get me off what he thinks is a pair. Um, so, what do you guys think about that so far? The river was a three, and that paired the board, right? It was a three that paired the board. Okay, and a flush flush draw bricked out. So you went for the check raise all in, well, or just check raise big all in seems um, really big actually. He, yeah. Yeah. Well, he he had um, he was already in for his forty. Yeah, he had about he might have had a four hundred behind. So I checked to him and he bets one hundred into what was forty plus forty eighty about one forty, leaving himself two hundred maybe two fifty behind. I don't remember exactly what the stacks are, and. Uh, 
and I check Ray's, and he thinks about it for a long time, and uh, he ends up folding and saying he folded the second best two pair, so which would be like a nine, nine and threes, but uh, kings I, and threes. Yeah, well, <laughs> the second best two pair on board. That's what he said he folded, but I think I, I, I'm I think he, it was. Why what? did he say it that way? This this is confusing. <laughs> Well, I think he just wanted to say he. I, I think he was bluffing like a, like a nut flush draw or something, and wanted to uh, didn't make want to it really that. ambiguous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brave, why didn't he say I folded a nine? He's like well, I he folded go- the second best two pair. Well, he he said, oh, you filled up or you had top two. I folded the second best two pair, but I, I didn't buy it. Does that mean he's saying he folded a ten? Because tens and threes would be. I don't know. I can't well, figure it was, out. It was ten four three nine three. So he was basically saying he folded ten four. And, yeah. Ten four would be the I second bet. Yeah, yeah. So maybe he <laughs> he probably folded ten four. <laughs> I'm sure that's what he had. Um, just curious. Uh, you put him all in on the river, right? If he yeah, only had yeah. like yeah, he had about two fifty behind after his hundred dollar bet. Yeah, so I put him all in on the river. Oh well, I think you're pretty nasty, TJ. Um. I think it's good. You can definitely rep like the uh, I filled up and played it tricky. I think that if the river is like not a, a board pairing blank card, is that it might not work as well. All right. But I mean, I guess you could still he could still like put you on aces or something like that. But um, well, when he he what what my thought press is when he bets the river, it's it's such a polarizing bet that like what is he really playing that way i mean i don't think he's flatting uh, i mean is he really flatting a set two streets i mean it's hard for him to have a three there on calling two streets um so I mean, you think, I that think he's it's folding his entire range then you hmm. said they thought he he would check back a 10 yeah i don't i, I don't think he's gonna make a value bet with a 10 on the river there I think a lot of live players are are gonna just take their top pair to showdown, even if it's ace ten. Um, they very uh, maybe. I mean, I just don't see a lot of of these players making value bets on the river, especially. Okay. I mean, in position they'll just check it, and hope they're good, especially when the pot is whatever you know, a, a decent sized pot. They're happy to take it down. That's very true. Live, I agree with live that. players love doing that. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, you play pretty tricky, but it's the, it's nice to play some deep stacks and get into some situations where you can. I mean, these players just get so lost deep stacked, and it's almost like they almost forget what their stacks size when they're playing, and they just get in some really really bad spots that are are pretty pretty uh, easy to take advantage of. Yeah, it's got to be uh, good for your win rate. It's not bad. Unless unless you're totally lost, too. But, um, yeah, if you have a handle on deep stack play, then you could make a killing, I feel like, in this game. Yeah, you can. Awesome. All right. Anything else? Check, Nothing I, I can think of. Check for yeah. smells. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll do a follow-up report back on the smells of the various poker rooms. Oh, well. and, bowling, and bowling alleys. We're gonna add that into the graph somehow. 
<laughs> All right, let's. Why don't we uh, hug it out and then we'll go to the interview with Matt Stout. All, All right. right, bring it in. Bring it in. Thanks, guys. Thanks. This is Tommy Angelo, and you're listening to Badoogie All-Stars. I don't know why you would be, but apparently you are. You might want to uh, just examine what that means about your life. We are on with Matt Stout, Lock Poker Pro. How you doing, Matt? Good. How's it going, guys? Not too bad. Um, why don't we start out with just telling us a little bit about your your history? How'd you get started? All that crap that people usually ask. Um, I was I've been playing like five card draw since I was four years old with my sisters and brothers, but uh, sister and brothers. But um, I never really like started playing seriously until I was nineteen in college. Uh, just became a huge DJ. I was completely addicted to the game. Like, started playing every home game I could, and then started playing online once that wasn't enough. And then, right after I turned 21, I uh, kind of broke out in this World Series of Poker Circuit event in Atlantic City. I had had like a little bit of success grinding around Atlantic City before that, but then I uh, I satellited into a 500 and chopped the final table with Matt Glantz and a couple other guys. Nice. Uh, uh, so I've actually been friends with Matt Glantz since like the very beginning of my poker career. He's like kind of like an uncle in poker to me, which is why that epic stuff got a little ridiculous. <laughs> it's like he almost fell for it for a bit, but now he realizes. Anyway, <laughs> everyone always falls for it once. Well, I mean, his intentions were good. He wanted to be a part of the ethics committee and like try to do something good in poker that was like something we really do need because people like. You know, Sorrel Mizzy and people like that need to be banned from poker tournaments and, yeah. and and people who cheat and are scumbags. So, just in general, I mean, it would have been a good thing. But, um, so anyway, well, not, not, not to backtrack. With started running like God and just, uh, like won a couple 10K seats and kind of started my career from there. And then uh, a year later, started getting back by sheets and backs so that I could travel the circuit and play all the events I wanted to and not really worry about bankroll. That was the quickest what, summary ever. I didn't even get a chance to yeah, ask you anything. It's pretty boring. I mean, I've told that story over and over. There's different parts I can throw in. I mean, I, uh, I basically like got real serious about it in college, and then we say in college. Play. When when was that? Like, what time frame is that? Post moneymaker or? Uh yeah, just after like it was 2004 where I started when I started playing. I think. Okay, so you you got in when the, when the games were good. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's incredible to think about how much tougher it is now, but I mean, it's still, we still get to play poker for a living. It's not too bad. Yeah, I mean, games are always going to be good to a point, but I mean, I didn't get a chance to really revel in, in those days, and I I'm, I always hear the, the lore of, you know, post-Moneymaker, 
pre-UIGEA days. Ooh, yeah. Party it, it, was out, it was outrageous. I mean, like, I was pulling, like, 100% ROI when I wasn't that good. <laughs> like, <laughs> I had just, like, kind of started to figure things out and was playing in college and was just, like, printing money on full tilt, like, kind of, like, built up a hundred dollar or two hundred dollar deposit. I think I actually got in for like a thousand total because I was like using my student loan money because I was living off campus and didn't have to pay rent till month to month, but got like the money ahead of time for the semester, which is terrible for yeah. college students. <laughs> That's horrible <laughs> like, college bankroll awful. management. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I was already broke and kind of spent like a semester eating Easy Mac and ramen noodles. I distinctly remember spending a lot of time eating those items. Um, <laughs> Did but you get then, one of those uh, credit cards and it, that comes with a free T-shirt and only like a twenty-nine percent APR? <laughs> <laughs> I had a couple of those cards. <laughs> <laughs> and then once I banked the final table at Caesars, they all got paid off. <laughs> I think that's their system. That's I think that's the Visa it, way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's seriously how it worked out, though. Like I was just dead broke. My dad was covering those payments to some extent and then paid him back and finished paying the cards off once I banked that final table. Well, which did... was like two and a half months after I turned 21. Oh, wow. Um, now, how much were you playing when you, when you first started or even a little bit after that? Like, Was it dominating your, your college life? Were you, did you still have a life? Yes. I mean, I, I still semi had a life, but it was definitely like a pretty serious addiction to the game immediately. Okay, <laughs> like good. I, I just kind of just wanted to play all day, every day. I mean, I'd start missing classes for it sometimes. I the only job I'd ever been fired from was uh, the Barnes and Noble at my college because I was up grinding MTTs all night until I went to work at nine a.m. Went home for my lunch break and just passed out. So I just came strolling back in at like closing time, and they were like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> so that didn't go so well. Yeah, I'd imagine not. Um, yeah, I, I was just reading. Uh, I don't know if you saw Phil Galfon's blog post. He he made some like giant blog post as he always does uh, about his how he got started and he was saying a similar thing to you where you know he kind of just obsessed in college and that was pretty much his life and he said looking back on it you know he's not sure if he would have done it exactly the same because he kind of missed out on some of that college experience how do you feel about that are you there hello Oh, uh, sorry, I'm muting myself for a second. Oh, um, I, I know I'm uh, boring, but you don't have to mute your mute yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I was muting me, not you. <laughs> I don't believe these guys I have to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, um, I kind of feel exactly the same way. In fact, because like I, I let it dominate my like social and academic life, and. Uh, I eventually, like, I didn't finish, but it wasn't like I dropped out just for poker. After uh, after I spent, I turned 21 in the middle. I was doing a double Wait, 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 wait. Are you peeing? Let me, yeah, let me back up, backtrack. What? Are you peeing right now? No. I'm, <laughs> I'm rinsing my hands because I'm still in the middle of cooking. Oh, okay. All right, continue. Sorry, that was that was me. That would have been, been a great call out, and I totally would have admitted it. <laughs> Now you know why he was muting himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry, sorry, go ahead. Urinate. Can a man urinate in peace? <laughs> um, I forgot what I was getting at now. Um, <laughs> yeah, me too. Just more more of the social stuff of college and less uh, obsessing about poker. 
Oh, the, uh, there we go. I was doing, like, I had two majors, so I had, like, two senior years. I was in, in the middle of my first senior year when I turned 21. I was, like, literally in finals week. So I was, like, back and forth to Atlantic City after that. And uh, then kind of spent the entire winter break in Atlantic City grinding. Then when I got back to school, they were like, oh, uh, you were missing some form on your student loan paperwork. Uh, we tried to send you mail about it, blah, blah, blah. They like never called me or emailed me or anything. They just <laughs> sent mail to my parents' house that I wasn't at because I was living in the North Tower of Tropicana for five weeks. <laughs> nice. So I got back and found out that I had been like unregistered from all my classes. So I decided to take a semester off. And during that semester off, I ran like God and turned like a thousand bucks I had into 70 or something. So my parents were like, you know, if you want to take some time off to pursue this, we understand. Which was (laughs) shocking. Wow, that's that's the first time I've ever heard someone, like, someone's parents, like, sort of edging them that way. Yeah, I mean, they just, they knew it was something that I loved, I was really into, and they saw the opportunity I had, like, and that I kept winning after that first one. Like, they didn't, they still weren't sure after I just happened to, like, win 30 grand, but once I kept winning, they were like, um, hmm, uh, I guess we can let you do this for a while. They still want me to finish, and they're like, they're kind of, well, at least my dad is probably still a little upset that I haven't gone back yet, but. Do they kind of think you're just a luck box? <laughs> no, just I do. <laughs> they think I'm cut. They're fooled. How long before they stopped saying, but how much did you lose when you would talk about winning? Oh, they were never like that. Thank God. <laughs> they knew that I know how to give net numbers, and that's all that matters. That's important. That's really important. That's um, awesome that they were supportive. Someone, someone jokingly tweeted that at me the other day, too. I assume they were joking. I'm pretty sure they were joking. <laughs> but how much did you lose? <laughs> did you have something to say, Jordan? Uh, yeah, really quick. You mentioned that um, about that time after you kind of like started to started that run good is that you started to get backed by uh, sheets and backs. Talk a little bit about that because, I mean, myself, I'm, I'm like a cash game player. I'm totally oblivious to the how, whole the how, how the, the whole how. tournament backing scene like happens and do you approach them did they approach you something Um, like that basically uh i had already like i always was rooting for johnny backs like when i was a donk so i would always be like saying good luck to him on the rail like one of those annoying clowns (laughs) so did you ask him for five dollars no, I never did that to anybody. Thank God. Eventually, you asked him for at least five dollars, right? Isn't that how the deal works? <laughs> no, I asked him for hundreds of thousands. Game right. big like, kids. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's the moral of the story: is ask for way more than five dollars. <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta wait, wait them out till they trust you, and then go for the go for the big money. <laughs> when you beg for five dollars in chat. They just say no and think you're a douche. (laughs) Um, So he already recognized my name from that. So then eventually, once I started having some success online, as well as having those final tables live, I I was playing with Johnny Bax in some tournament. I think it was like the Wednesday 300. 
And I just asked him in chat if he was going to be a Borgata for the WPT, introduced myself, and it worked out really weird because I won a $1,000 satellite to play the 2500 5K and 10K of Borgata, and then he was coming down. The, both of them came down for the 5K and were playing the 10K as well. And I introduced myself to Bax right before the 5K event. And then went to sit down, and to my right was Sheets. So it was <laughs> kind of odd. Um, so it almost ended up being an audition. <laughs> uh, and so, it went well. Yeah. I mean, I, I knew it was going to go well from the start because... You had position. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, that, that too, buddy. Uh, well, no, because uh, Johnny Bax came over to Sheets and... Uh, Said uh, said something to him about like told him my screen name and uh, he actually asked me if because this wasn't as like big of a deal back then he was like oh were you playing on a different name or something before because you just came out of nowhere and we're playing great I'm like uh <laughs> I was like I, I guess I'm in <laughs> but then uh, I played with Sheets all day that day and played with Bax in the 10K he was at my starting table so I actually auditioned in front of both of them oddly enough. And uh, then we kind of talked out the terms for the next few weeks, and then I started getting back by them a month later, which was shortly after I turned 22. Wow. And how how would you say your backing experience has gone for you? Like, positive experience overall? Like, not money-wise, but just, you know, having them put up the buy-in and instead of having 100% of yourself? It does make it easier. I mean... Uh, for me, it was just I was grinding all like the small live prelims because uh, those were like my bread and butter. I somehow just always went deep in those. But um, I was also playing the satellites every night. I busted out because I was still trying to get into the main event cheap because I wasn't going to just like spew off a huge percentage of my bankroll buying in. Mm-hmm. So I eventually got sick of that because I was so burnt out by the time you get to the main event when I did get in the main that I just felt like I wasn't like physically, mentally prepared to play a tournament that big. And I kind of got sick of having to play all the satellites and everything, so I just decided it'd be a lot easier to uh, get back. And I was planning on just winning a couple million real quick, but it didn't <laughs> quite work out that way. <laughs> no, yeah, that I've makes had, sense, though. I've had a lot of opportunities, and got unlucky one time for silly money um but like overall it's been like a great experience because i get to kind of free roll and whatever i want but i also like i started backing kids for mid stakes and i put uh, play for myself on lock so i definitely risk a pretty large percentage of my own money i had a uh, up to like eight or nine horses pre-black friday just grinding mid stakes consistently online for me and it was great it was great. Uh, oh, that's the first time you you hardly ever hear about staking things going well. Oh, that's because the people who back people are generally borderline retarded about it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're just you just have to keep it to a point where like you have two hundred times everyone's average buy-in. So when you have nine horses, you just have to remember you have to have eighteen hundred times their overall average buy-in. And keep them to those stakes, give them opportunities to, like, satellite into big stuff and and those events if they really want to. But, like, just keep their buy-ins low and make sure that they... Basically, like, once they profit enough for your half of the backing profits to be their new bankroll for a higher level, then I'd move them up. 
So they had to make their own money on my end for me to stake them higher. So there was only one kid that ended up playing like really high stakes for me and got in high makeup once. Other than that, like everything just ran super smooth. And that kid just fortunately binked third in the Sunday warm up right before Black Friday. Wow. Otherwise, I'm like, telling a slightly different story, but I still would have been a pretty big net winner. So you just pretty much run good all the time. I mean, you, you got to be smart about things. <laughs> no, but, yeah, I, I run good as well. It helps. <laughs> Is this why you invited him on the podcast? <laughs> yeah, to have it rub off on us. Yes, exactly. It's it's the reverse two plus two uh, poker cast karma. We get the karma from our guests. <laughs> oh, see, I thought this was an example of him running bad that he ended up on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Which really, I mean, you can you know win tournaments and lose at podcast bookings. I think it evens out. <laughs> Um, we speaking of post Black Friday, um, what what uh, how's how's life been post Black Friday for you? I mean, it's been fine. I was in denial for a while and just kind of blow through a giant portion of my life savings <laughs> instead of getting off my ass and grinding harder. Everyone kind of did the exact same thing. It was really funny because no matter who you talk to, who was an online poker player, they would say, eh, "I'm going to play the World Series and see how it goes." Yeah. <laughs> like, that was everybody's plan. So once play, uh, once the World Series finished up and we didn't all like win millions of dollars like we were planning on. Um, oh, you you didn't do that? Yeah. Oh, we Actually, talked to you. I finished one eighty eighth in the main and I had a seventh place finish, and I lost two huge flips. Or no, lost one huge flip and then ran tens into jacks at the final table, and then my buddy Athanasios took my chips and won the tournament. Um, Did you guys secretly but, chop um, it later? Did you ask for a piece since you helped? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> that that would have been nice. Um, it only seems fair to me, right? I mean, you gave him chips, he should give you some money back, right? I think that's how tournaments work. Maybe I'm a little fuzzy. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay, I'm a little fuzzy all the time. <laughs> were, you, uh, were you a lock pro before Black Friday, or did that happen afterwards? Long, long before Black Friday. I've been a lock pro since 2008 or nine. Oh. Um, yeah, I've been with them since the start. So I'm, uh, I've definitely gone through a hell of a lot of crap with them leaving the Cake Network and now going back, buying it, taking over. It's kind of funny karma. But, um, yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh,. Because we uh we had some a big falling out with Cake and that's why we ended up leaving, and now we're just buying it. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> kind of odd how things work out in the end sometimes. But um, so we kind of went through hell with that, moved over to the Merge Network, have just grown exponentially bigger than we were with Cake and. Uh, now we had that whole lock ops thing go down, and uh, weren't too happy about it since Merge Network approved us to run the tournament and then decided to pull the plug on it and make us look like assholes. Well, for for those who don't know, uh, can you explain the lock ops thing real quick? Yeah, um, we were supposed to run a tournament series from May 6th to the 20th, and uh, we had put out the whole schedule. We like it was going to be lock only, which was the main reason I think other rooms complained to the network or something, but they went from giving us full approval to run it to deciding that we couldn't. So, that's uh, 
one of the reasons we've decided to head off and do our own thing. You just said, I'm going to take but, my uh, locks and go home. <laughs> yeah, good one. <laughs> That's what we do here. Bad jokes. Um, <laughs> my dad would love this. <laughs> That's, that's our does. target audience. <laughs> I, I've We've been trying to find a target audience because so far no one has loved this. <laughs> <laughs> You'll find them eventually. So do you have any uh, insider info on the lock cake uh, takeover that you can share with us or just that it's happening? I mean, most, of what, uh, most of the stuff I knew is now public knowledge thanks to the press, re- uh, press release, which was killing me because... I mean, I was just getting questions fired away at me about, like, what happened with it, like, why we canceled it, which is the way some people phrased it. Um, wasn't so much us canceling it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we're pretty much taking over the network. We're going to redo everything and definitely make dramatic improvements to the software, pretty much run almost the same tournament schedule we were and just keep growing. Are you guys going to be processing payments through lock then? I hope. Uh, Yeah, we were. Ever since February, it's been taking like two weeks for checks to get into the U.S. usually. Which is sweet because Cake has been taking uh, significantly longer. There will be nothing to do with the Cake cashier. We're going to have the same cashier that we've had running since February because in February we were finally able to run our own cashier instead of having to let merge processor payments. Mm-hmm. Um, so Do you guys- since February we've been running, we're running it ourselves and it's just going to carry over. We're not switching to Kate's cashier by any means. Yeah, I, I think that that would be a, like one of the, the definite pluses of the uh, takeover from like a player's perspective is because the Kate cashier was terrible but I've heard that Locks Cashier has been really, really good, um, and so the, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. When does it actually happen? Uh, June 1st is the official move date. I'm pretty sure we're going to hit it, too, because uh, I'm going to be hosting one of the big Sunday tournaments on Sunday, June 3rd. So Awesome. That's my birthday. It, it, oh, nice. It, that, that's going to be our first Sunday on the new network. Nice. So hopefully you can bink something on your birthday. Yes, for sure. He'll probably bubble, he'll probably bubble something on his birthday. <laughs> yeah. What are friends for? Yeah. For, Good thing you got this guy around. <laughs> <laughs> what he's referring to is I bubbled the WhatsApp triple draw event last year. Oh, you did it on your birthday? No, no, just not on my birthday, but uh, I just oh, bubbled it, and they tell me every day. It was heartbreaking <laughs> to him, and we like to make sure that he remembers. It makes you stronger. I was just going to say, they want to make sure that you don't forget. <laughs> it's like 9-11. It's say, very similar. It's, it's funny you say it makes you stronger, because one of Sheet's favorite quotes is, bubbling builds character. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't happen, but he, he got stronger. It still could. Sure There's a chance. Character was built that evening. <laughs> Yeah, awesome. if Jason Mercer, uh, if freaking Jason Mercer's run good wasn't to my left, then the story would have been different. But what can you do? Kid has some serious run good, and he plays okay too. So it's <laughs> well, a tough combination to contend with. Um, so, do you have any uh, World Series plans? Of course, I'm playing friggin' everything. Um, <laughs> Those are good plans. 
Yeah. <laughs> I uh I live in Vegas, so I'm just gonna be home chilling, going and playing every prelim I feel like playing. There's just uh, I I live for bracelets and like I, I just look forward to this all year long and all I do all summer is play tournaments. I always like tell myself that I'm gonna play cash games, especially PLO because I know it's so juicy to, at the Rio and stuff during the summer, but all I can do is focus on tournaments and try to relax in between because I have like a 25 or 30 tournament schedule. Oh, wow. Nice. Um, I play No Limit, PLO, 8 game, 10 game. I try to avoid like stud when I can, but there's just... That's why I didn't play horrors, uh, but like once I make it 8 game and 10 game, there's enough other like cool games that I'm decent in that I don't have to like sit there and want to kill myself playing stud and stud high-low. Raz doesn't bother me that much, but those two, I'm just bad at, don't enjoy, like, the, the games just make me miserable. <laughs> <laughs> Which based is funny that you that say I've that Raz is okay. Yeah. What? But I was, I was going to say, based on the people that I've seen who play stud, I think it's true of everyone who plays stud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and especially the Raz usually is the the make people want to kill themselves game. Yeah. Uh, that was the one, like, they did a whole thing, like, like the World Series broadcast of the Raz event, the one time they made the mistake of uh, putting one on TV, mm-hmm. it was just them like talking about how terrible Raz is. And how much <laughs> it was hilarious. It's like letters all went out, a few other people just talking about how how much they just despise it. Mm-hmm. Well, if you um, are you going to play the triple draw event? That's a good question. Uh, you could a- bust Tom out in the bubble. That would be hilarious. <laughs> that would be pretty awesome. No. Yeah, I would, I would not recommend <laughs> you playing it. <laughs> the field is really tough. <laughs> I yeah, Tom bubbled. No, you don't really think it's a tough field, right? I assume there's enough idiots who don't play triple draw much that play it. Um, that depends Tom on if you want me to field. tell you the truth or a lie. <laughs> yeah, he would like um, to tell you it's hard, so you don't play. Yes, <laughs> I'm not like especially good at it, but I think I have like a slight edge in it. But the slight edge I have is one of the reasons that. People didn't want to uh, buy my package with the triple draw in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you know that aces play high and not low. If so, you have a big edge over most of the people that play on merge. So. <laughs> <laughs> really? Sometimes the tr- I screw it up as I start playing the session. But I mean, you know, I mean, it, I do play both of them. But obviously, Deuce Seven just runs a hell of a lot more now. No, my fa- my favorite from one of those three dollar tournaments on Merge was that I snowed and bet with two pair on the river, and the guy called me with a straight. <laughs> <laughs> Games are good. Wow. Yep. Sick value bet, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you said you said you live in Vegas. Uh, yeah. I mean, I still own a house there. As little as I get to see it being that I'm in Costa Rica now and travel around a ton. Um, It'd be actually be home occasionally. But yeah, I I own a house there that I stay at for the World Series. Oh, okay. (laughs) That's pretty sweet. Yeah, that's really sweet. Um, So yeah, uh, anything else you'd like to add? Um... (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna. I mean, I'm gonna go out on a limb and, and say no, but I should probably plug my website. You can go to stoutpoker.com. I uh, I blog and offer training and have links to download lock and stuff there. Okay. 
Um, I actually That's wrote really, a really useful blog about taxes that anyone who pays the U.S. government being a poker pro should read. Just a, a lot of advice about deductions and ways to cut corners legally. And, you know, it's a lot of good advice that I've learned over the past few years of trying to catch up on my taxes and not go to jail eventually. That's good. That's important. Audit, I, I like I backtracked on everything and was smart about it, and then they audited me for two years of it. And the result of the audit was that they owed me eighteen hundred dollars. So I feel pretty qualified <laughs> to tell you guys how to file your tax. <laughs> That's pretty sweet. They audited you and they owed you money. Yeah, the, it's not something that people hear very often. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's official. You run good. <laughs> Factual. Okay. All right, well, um, definitely check that out, stoutpoker.com and lockpoker. Um, anything else you guys had, Bryce or Jordan? Uh, uh, I gonna... just can't. Go ahead. I guess I should have Is asked it... you each individually instead of the same time. Oh, sorry, I, I just wanted to say uh, if you want to download lock, use the link on my site because that way you get VIP benefits, right back, blah, blah, blah. If you download directly through the site, you don't. Nice. All right, so if you want to join lock, go to stoutpoker.com. Yep, yep. I wanted to just say that I'm I'm really stoked for the cake over. <laughs> I, I really am too. Like, I mean, I'm, there's a lot of things about their software that needs to be changed. I know there's like a lot of people who are worried about it, but I just posted the press release and a quick blurb about my thoughts. Basically, that uh, I mean, a lot of people are worried, but I think it's going to be a hugely positive thing for us in the long run, and that we're uh, we're definitely going to grow a lot and change that network a great deal. You know, you I mean, just, awesome. the fa- just the fact that someone is growing post Black Friday as an American is pretty exciting. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it kind of felt like it was just going to be we lose one site and then another site. To see a site actually growing gives a little bit of hope that maybe things will be okay someday. <laughs> yep, hopefully. All right, well, I think awesome. it will be. I think things will be cleared up in the next couple of years. Uh, I don't think. We're going to have to deal with this crap much longer, but we'll just have to deal with the casinos, sites, and that crap. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's going to be like, you know, Harris once they get involved and Caesars and all all that. So um, I definitely think it's going to be not, I don't know, no more than two or three years. I mean, you'd see, you see already see the states getting involved, and then once the states get involved, the, you know, the feds are want to get in, want to, will want to get involved as well, so... Because you know how quickly Washington jumps on things and just charges straight ahead. <laughs> I, can, if you can do anything with your power at lock to make sure that triple draw runs more often, I think that would be a benefit to the poker community as far as I'm concerned. Get more players on merge, it's tables. I mean, well, I, I think the default the default tab should not be no limit hold'em when you open the software. You open the software, triple draw should be the default tab. That just makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah, I'll go ahead and pitch that one in the next email. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, was that sarcasm? <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thanks a lot for coming on, Matt. No problem. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. We'll see. Uh, now we're going to throw it to Mitch's minute, unfortunately. <laughs> so I got a call from the Boudoucki All-Stars guys, and they verbally assaulted me for five minutes straight about how terrible my minute was. Just fucking douchebags and hypocritical, I'd say, as well, but... I guess that's how they run things around here. That's what I hear.
Okay, let's get this started. Hey, welcome to Mitch's Minute, the best podcast segment on the internet, although some would disagree. Today I'm here with Jamie, the Stapler Staples. How's it going, man? Great. Thanks for having me. Cool. Okay, so Jamie is from Canada, the second most famous Canadian poker player behind Phil Gordon. He plays all the games and focuses mainly on crushing MTTs. So let's get into the interview. You've been playing a ton of S-Scoop lately. That's still going, right? Uh, no, it just finished up, actually. Oh, just finished. Cool. Well, that's all we have time for. Thanks for being on Mitch's Minute. Uh, yeah, thanks. No worries. Uh, you can find Jamie on Twitter at the Stapler. And Actually, uh, it's at... So that's Mitch's Minute, and I'm done. All right, thanks to Mitch for that minute. Uh, thanks to TJ for the Hugging the Rail segment, and big thanks to Matt Stout for coming on and uh, sharing some stories with us. And to be clear, Mitch's allegations about us berating him are not true because t- that would require talking to Mitch, and I don't do that. Yep. Just wanted and, to be clear. And in case you guys actually want Jamie Staples' info, you can follow him on Twitter at Jamie Staples, J-A-I-M-E Staples. And he's got a Shysters Radio, and he's got a Deuces Crack blog, which you can look up and read and comment on. <laughs> all you can and will do all of those things. Tell him, tell him where you heard of him. <laughs> Here, um, if you can follow us on Twitter, Badugi All Stars. Uh, we're on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Badugi All Stars, Badugi All Stars.com for all kinds of things like the same stuff. Uh, <laughs> We don't have anything on that website. That's a lie. Um, oh, speaking of websites, mitchesminute.angelfire.com. Uh, it's Mitch's website. He's really proud of it. He built it himself. Don't believe that I built it. Still um, under construction. It is still under construction, but it is an Angel Fire site, so I'm sure it'll not oh, be I under thought construction. Just, I thought forever. Mitch was under construction. No, there's no repairing that. <laughs> Good luck getting a permit. Um, and if you you can listen on Stitcher, stitcher.com slash badoogie. Uh, enter Badugi as your code, and you're entered to win a hundred dollars or something. I don't know how that contest works, but there's a contest. Use our code; you could win stuff. It's awesome. Nice. Um, and if you guys want to, you can send in hands, and we can discuss them instead of having to go through TJ's hands, where he just brags about how good he plays. Because <laughs> nobody likes a braggart. Nope. Except. And us. if you go to uh, Jamie Staples' blog, um, be sure to in the URL box just type the word Badoogie and then hit Alt F4 and we'll get credit. <laughs> That's um, true. That do that before you comment or read the blog. Just um, leave a comment of Badoogie, and you'll <laughs> yes. be entered, you'll be entered to win one free pack of staple refills. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm just going to tell you that that's not true. So in this case. <laughs> um, this has you been can episode... win a staple gift card. <laughs> This has been episode 24. Thanks for listening. This is Tech Super Bowl. This is Dixon the Grouch. This is Two for Offsuit <laughs> and Rat Dog. And we'll see you guys next week. Control the pet
population. Have your pets spayed or neutered. Good night, everybody.